Well, hello there, and welcome back to the show. Now, as long as I can remember, I have looked longingly at other women who are best friends. What that looks like from my point of view is that they shop together, they travel together, and they talk just about every single day. Now, their friendship is easy from my perspective. Friendships for me have always been challenging. You know, am I too much? Am I not enough? Am I socially awkward? Now, when I started really embracing my ADHD, it all started to make sense. It's not me. It's my ADHD. It's not an excuse, but it certainly explains a lot about my life and my challenges socially. Now, I've always thought that if the people in my life only knew how much I thought about them, they know how much I love them. So when I reached out to Holly Blanc Moses to come on the show and talk about helping our kids and ourselves with social skills and navigating friendships, I was thrilled when she said yes. Holly Blanc Moses is a licensed mental health therapist with over 23 years of experience supporting children with ADHD, autism, and anxiety in their families. She provides clinical services, consultations, coaching, and online courses on challenging behavior and social skills. Holly is also a celebrated speaker and the host of the Autism ADHD podcast and Autism ADHD TV on YouTube. Most importantly, Holly is the mother of two neurodivergent children. She is truly the mom psychologist who gets it. Now, during this episode, Holly and I talk about neurodivergence, social skills, and helping our kids and ourselves navigate friendships. We talk about why people with ADHD have such a hard time socially, what we can do to support our neurodivergent teens around friendships, and how to help our kiddos and ourselves self-advocate while teaching others what we need. And as you can tell, Holly and I hit it off immediately. We had such a fun conversation. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. Now, one thing I know for sure is that we have to deal with our own emotions before we can help our children deal with theirs. That's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator, Krista Bevan. Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help, mom, to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run on overdrive with ADHD. If you know you need some help in the emotional regulation area and executive function that is often challenging for ADHDers, check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. I'm a course participant and I love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD mind can understand with easy steps to implement, implement what I'm learning in to my everyday life. You can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash radical mother dash foundations, or you can find the link in the show notes. And just so you know, I only recommend and allow sponsors that I have personal experience with and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the course and enjoy this fun conversation with Holly Blanc Moses. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. 
Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Holly, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here, to connect with you, and to share your work with our listeners today. Oh, I am thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. So excited. So, um, so Holly, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, about how you got to be doing what you're doing right now? Oh, goodness. Okay, so <laughs> I have always wanted to be a psychologist mm. since I can remember. Love I mean, that. even when I was little right. um, and I have these stories of when I would do these like social psych experiments where I, you know, um, would put different amounts of coins into the Valentines for my friends, like determine how much I like them. <laughs> so some people would get a quarter, some people be a penny and Leslie got zero. That because I didn't like her. So, I mean, so not okay. <laughs> right. So don't, don't do that. Cause that was not nice of me, but I was always like fat. And that was kindergarten, by the way, it wasn't right. 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 Wow. You've but been a psychologist since kindergarten. It's been like since kindergarten <laughs> for sure. And then also like understanding why things are harder for some people, easier for some people. Um, and I've always been fascinated by that. And so definitely that shaped um, my, my view, my father for a while, I don't think many people know this was the manager of a, um, a day program, mm -hmm. a community day program. And so okay. I would go and spend a lot of time there with differently wired adults, um, and really get to know them. And I think, especially, I mean, I'll be, you know, I'm a lot older, uh, so I'll be 48 this year. And so that experience in our society was very separate at the time. Right, so, right. you know, neurotypical people were over here, neurodivergent people were over here and we were kind of separated. We didn't talk about each other. I mean, it, it was not okay. Right. Right. It's just the um, way it was. That's the way it was. And thank goodness yeah. it's, you know, getting better and better, but I had the rare opportunity to get to know people that were maybe people that not everyone got a chance to experience and they were mm, awesome. I'm like, right. I think everybody needs to hang out here. Right. Um, so, you know, really just growing and knowing what I wanted to do, understanding when I saw a kid screaming at the grocery store, didn't mean they were bad. Right. There's somebody struggling here. Yeah. This parent is struggling here. And so I realized that at a young age. So I just knew what I wanted to do, kept going through school, doing all the stuff and, and, uh, became um, a person, a mental health therapist and helped with parenting before I was a parent. Mm -hmm. And I thought I knew everything, Tracy, right? right? Like we it. all kind of do Yep. Um, when we're ignorant. <laughs> right, so, ignorance, yes. That's yes, <laughs> I, I thought I knew it all. Um, and boy, did I not. I did yeah. not know um, because later in my journey, due to some pretty significant health problems, I wasn't able to have children biologically. And so we adopted um, from foster care. And so I have two boys, both severe ADHD, and our oldest is also autistic. So mm -hmm. not only did I have that professional experience, but being a parent um, to two neurodivergent boys is, is the best teacher. Right. 
Absolutely. They are my best teacher. Right. Yeah. I love how you, um, you call yourself the, the mom psychologist who gets it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, because it is not the same, you know, when you go in for work and you're doing your best work and you're trying to support families, but you know, when you really can connect with them on a level that you know, you're getting where they're coming from because you're, you're having the same experiences. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that you can support your families in that way because that's not because, and, and it, this is kind of a side note of, um, from our, our focus of, of, uh, talking about social skills today. Um, but finding a therapist that gets neurodivergence really gets it is really, really hard. It is really hard. Wow. And, and definitely, you know, it would be great to find a parent who is neurodivergent themselves. Right. Who also provides therapy. So I think, you know, more and more people are, are being educated. Um, that's something I love to do is also provide consultations and um, help other therapists right. uh, yeah. support these families. But yeah, I mean, it, it really is hard. It's it's difficult to not only find someone who specializes in this area, but also then kind of can walk in, has been in your shoes. Yeah, yeah, shoes, so. exactly. And for myself too, I, um, I, it's been about 25 years ago, I was diagnosed with bipolar, mm -hmm. right? I was on 20 different drugs, nothing worked. It wasn't until five years later that I was diagnosed with the ADHD. And it's just, a, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's it hard, hard to find, to get the right. So I spent all of that time, I knew I wasn't bipolar. Right. I just I, I knew that I wasn't and the drugs didn't work and all of that. But um, but it's hard. And then when you when you get misdiagnosed and you're not being supported in the way that you need to be supported. Anyway, I love what you do. I love you. And we'll talk about your podcast later, which is amazing. But all of the work that you do with parents and with teachers and with um, with therapists as well. I love I love that you're that you're working with therapists so that you can help to educate. So we have a little more knowledge in in uh, in this area. So we're talking about social skills, which is one of your um, one of the things that you talk about a lot. So um, first of all, we I, you know we talked about this a little bit, but um, I was wondering if neurodivergence and uh, being a highly sensitive person go hand in hand. It seems to me now this is, you know, this is from, this is kind of like a observation of myself, my family, um, that people who have differently wired brains, often they, they perceive things differently, you know, and I'm definitely a highly sensitive person. My, both of my kids are, what is your, what are your thoughts on that? So, sorry, it took me a moment. I was drinking the coffee out of my um, mommy needs sleep mug. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who are watching, right. that's what I was drinking. You've got your drink as well. I've got my strong as a mother. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, you know, that's a great question because I find that that is the case. Now, of course, every single person is different, but I've been working with kids who are diagnosed with ADHD and um, also often with autism. 
and they are highly sensitive. Yeah. You know, there there's so much information coming in on them and it can be so overwhelming. Their emotions can feel really big. And I think because their reactions to situations may not be what's expected by a neurotypical person, there's this assumption that, you know, they don't care or you know, they, they're not feeling this. And I don't find that to be the case at all. Um, you know, again, my, my patients are my best teachers as well. And, you know, they feel almost more intensely, I find than neurotypical people. And again, everyone's different, but I'm coming from, you know, hundreds of people that I have seen and supported, even though they may not be responding in a way you expect does not mean they're not having these big feelings. Right, right, right. That's really helpful because, and that, that, and, and just, just out of, that was a a curious question on my part, because it seems like, um, it's, we do, we do f- feel more, you know, or there, that's the way, that's the way it feels to me anyway. So when it comes to people with ADHD, why do we struggle so much socially? And, and oh, maybe that's yeah. part of it, right? What you just said about being highly sensitive and all of the, the, the sensory input. You know, there's a lot of reasons why, and then mm-hmm. it kind of becomes a, a no wonder, right? right it's right. when you're looking at characteristics, things that show up for someone with ADHD, sometimes you're going to see that they zone out, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you are having a conversation with someone, the social interaction, you want to be, you want to feel heard, right? Right. That person who's speaking with you wants to feel heard. Now, if you have ADHD, it may look like you're not paying attention because you don't care. Mm, and right, to right. me, that's not the case at all. But I think most people misinterpret that. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. My my younger sister has ADHD. I'm sure she won't mind me sharing this. So it was a few, it was probably about 10 years ago. Now, many, many examples I can give um, with right. our interactions, but one in particular, we were sitting at my kitchen table. And I was, I was telling her something that was really big for me. I was having a big life change and I was pouring my heart out to her, which I don't usually do because Mm -hmm. she's, we both beat to our, you know, she beats her own drum. So I'm, I thought, wow, she's really there for me. Like she's really listening. And then all of a sudden she interrupts me in the middle of like this big, intense, information I'm sharing. And she looked at her wedding ring and goes, isn't my ring so pretty? <laughs> I thought, what? oh, Holly, that's great. Are, did you hear? And I said, I was like, did you hear anything that I just said that I shared with you? And she was like, I think I heard some of it. Okay. So, so you can see how that again, one example of how that could be taken. Now, I know she has ADHD. I know it's extremely difficult for her to not be interrupted, not only with things in her environment, but but also in her head, right? right? Like she's competing with all these distractors. And so that could be really offensive to me, but I know her, I know she cares and I know she's loving. And I know that that was not on purpose. But you can see how socially that can be difficult. You know, people want to be heard. And sometimes when you have ADHD, it is hard to focus on that conversation and also remember it. Right. 
Um, so that can be hard. Also, when we're talking about younger kids, we're talking about interrupting. Mm -hmm. We're talking about saying random things right. sometimes, not knowing what to say and when, um, being very uh, physical in your play, which might be too much for some people. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes kids are really loud and impulsive. Maybe they say things before they think about what they're saying. They might hurt someone's feelings unintentionally because think of all that inner speech work that we do. We think things that maybe aren't so nice or maybe that aren't appropriate, but then we go through this super fast, should I say it? What are the consequences of those actions? So right. we have this inner speech that kind of guides our action and our speech. But those with ADHD, that's really hard for them. It so is. imagine if we said most of everything we thought, we'd probably have a lot of social dif you know, difficulties as well. Right. Um, so there, there are lots of reasons why somebody with ADHD might struggle with social skills. Yeah. You know, as you're saying this and sharing that story about your sister, I'm thinking about myself, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about myself. And I... Um, you know, doing these interviews, I am, I have to write, right? I have to write things down and it, it might look like I am not paying attention because I'm writing, but I'm writing so I can pay attention. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I'm, it's got to go, it's got to go somewhere. Otherwise that, you know, that working memory is just, I mean, it comes in and it goes out. My husband and I have been in, um, in marriage counseling for years and it's for maintenance right but one of the things that they do um that we do every time is we um we we mirror what's going on with the other and i have to say to my husband like give me little bits i can give you you know tell me this i can repeat it back but if you do this long you know dialogue i it's not that i'm not listening it's not that i'm not paying attention it's just that it's too much it's too much and so it's too much and when you're asking me <laughs> And your sister, oh, it's so hard. And her <laughs> ring is pretty. Ring. Her <laughs> ring is pretty. I can understand why why we get her attention. Right, um, right. And so, you know, some other things that can kind of make it tough too is um, sometimes children with ADHD might struggle with some challenging behavior, these big emotions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that is a, as a neurotypical kid, you might kind of avoid that child with ADHD, right. um, unfortunately, they get bullied more often. They are left out more often. Um, they're called names, yeah. you know, and, and it's this interesting situation where I was stalking my 12 year old's text messages like mm -hmm. any mom should. Right. Right. Um, so it was this interesting exchange between him and a girl in his class. And when I was reading this email or not email, but reading this text, she had said, you really not need to stop being so annoying. Okay. And so the mama heart was just like, don't you talk to my kid, you know, <laughs> right. little girl. Right. Right. But my child's response was so beautiful. Mm. He said, well, I have ADHD and sometimes I do things without thinking first. So that might be it. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Well, how beautiful. I know. All right. I, I, was, 
so impressed by both of them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that he can actually articulate that, you know, and that, well, thanks mama. He's got I'm trying. Some, I know, I know, I know, but it, it's, we, we were talking earlier about those little wins, like, yes, score. Oh no, I <laughs> held on to that one yeah. for a while. That one got me through some, some tough things. My call yeah. remember, remember. Um, so, you know, there, there are lots of reasons like calling out in class mm -hmm. when you're supposed to raise your hand first. I mean, there's, right. there's just so many social aspects um with adhd that can can make this whole back and forth social thing friendship thing really tough yeah yeah so that that brings me to my next question what that is you know and you you by sharing that little story about your your son and the the texting um what can we do to support our neurodivergent teens around friendships mm. And, yeah. and that, that I don't know and that that must he must have be in practice like have been practicing saying that and feeling good about it you know that that oh it's just my brain so what can we do to support our kids in this way right and friendships you know, are tough especially our adolescents right 12 oh my goodness it's a tough time for you know we're socially awkward anyway at that point right and then at ADHD or some kind of neurodivergence Yes, it can be so much harder and it's confusing because, you know, social interaction only gets more complicated. Yeah, it doesn't right. get easier. You know, around like second and third grade, we we see this big social shift. Mm -hmm. You know, before there was lots of physical play and there's tag and the and the rules are easy and you know, we we kind of know what's coming. Right. But when there's more talking and there's more there's more dialogue like you were saying the the um the conversations are more complicated mm -hmm. and they're switching. Not only are they longer, but they're switching topics. Right. I mean, there is a whole lot of things happening there. I didn't even think um, about that. You're right. Absolutely. And, and it's hard. So, you know, obviously the younger, the better. Yeah. We definitely want to educate our kids on their diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, it's my opinion and as a is a psychologist and of course everybody has their opinion every child is different every family is different i think it's important to tell that child that they have adhd as soon as you can mm -hmm. because they need to know they are not broken they're not wrong that they have strengths here weaknesses here just like everybody else yeah right. but the way they might process information the, the um, working on their inner speech um, those kinds of things, those could, can be hard. And for them, that allows them to advocate for themselves, to educate other people. And like my 12 year old did this girl telling him he's annoying. Well, him saying, well, I have ADHD. Sometimes I'm going to say things before I think about them. Right, right. Right. That's a beautiful way to let people know that, Hey, this is me. I am not bad. Right. This is how I move through the world. I'm mm -hmm. working on it. You need to know that too, because, you know, my kid is going to do things before he thinks. Right. And we can step back and say, oh, you know, what was that experience like for you? Or what was your brain telling you in that moment? Um, what happened as a result of it? Right, but right. we have to be really careful because we see a lot of uh, anxiety and depression come out in this age anyway yeah and then you add adhd to it 
and they've got more assignments at school that they're having to manage. So really it's, I need help, I need support, advocating a lot of teachers are amazing yeah i'm a big fan of teachers they've right. got 100 million things going on in the classroom all these expectations that they have uh, are, are put on them in addition to this really being open to hearing that everybody is different and they need something different right that you know hey you're failing this class but why right 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 well it's not that they're not trying hard enough it's that they don't have what they need they don't have the supports in place that they need right right um and so sometimes again with those friendships being really open with that person saying like for instance what happened with my sister and her her pretty ring um she does have a pretty ring (laughs) she does have a pretty ring i get it i stare at it too um but you know thinking about it in a way where it's like hey did i lose you for a second Mm. instead of you don't care about what i have to say oh i love that i think that again educating ourselves on our own behavior but also educating others really is key Mm -hmm. okay kids with adhd also need to find their people yeah right and maybe that's other people with adhd maybe that's other you know um neurodiverse folks but finding their people finding people that have similar interests that's going to be a really big game changer yeah is what i found um therapy really helps yeah you know navigating these big feelings that are coming up um they again more likely to be left out um more likely to experience these different uh mental health needs like anxiety and depression so supporting them in that way um of course parents like supporting them too and being you know knowing where they need more support and where they don't right right and not looking at it as this is good or this is bad it's this Mm -hmm. is the need so how are we going to meet it right um so that's going to be important too yeah you know um as you are saying all of this and i go back to my like i said earlier i have i have always struggled with friendships and I mean, to this day, like I, I, when I meet somebody new and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would love to, to have, to be friends with this person. There's this fear in me. And I know it's, you know, I wasn't diagnosed until I was an adult. So I didn't know. I always thought there's something wrong with me. Why do people always tell me, you know, I had this one friend that would tell me you're a disappointment as a friend, which oh. just yeah Ouch. for a long time right and i would you know i would lose friends even as an adult i'd lose friends because i always wanted to be that friend who could talk to their bestie every day i cannot talk to anybody except my family every single like uh, friendships for me i love people you know and i love my friends and i and i always think to myself if if they only knew how much they, I think about them, they would know that I love them. But for me to organize myself around planning, you know, and that's a whole other thing, like a calendar, you know, like that, that's, that's the executive function part. That's really difficult. Um, but to help, I love that we can help our kids now, you know, I know that my kid, that my kids are neurodivergent so I can help them right with some of these things there are a couple of things that i did in my own life um 
as as an adult, you know, we talked about um, about uh, coping mechanisms, you know, throughout life, we, we learned how to cope in helpful and unhelpful ways. But one of the things that I um, this friend, one friend in particular, I would tell her, we would meet at, you know, to have coffee or something. And I would say, I have to sit facing away from the door. Otherwise, I'm going to be looking at the door and not looking at you like little things that we can. And, you know, as I'm saying that these are little things that we can help our kids with too. So what, you know, like seating, it's huge for me. You know, I cannot, I'm not one to sit in the back. If I sit in the back of the room, I completely, I can't, I'm, I'm a front row, not because I'm type A, but I'm a front row kind of person because that's how I pay attention. But that, you know, the, the self-awareness, helping our kids with self-awareness, well, where, you know, what room, what part of the room, what feels better for you? I'm, as I'm, I'm just having all these realizations right now, Holly, thank you. I love that. And I'll tell you what's really cool about what you're saying. And again, it's like, what do I need? And that's really interesting, different way. Now, you know, you and I are probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. When we were young, you don't say that. Right. You don't say what you need. That's disrespectful. That's selfish too. Disrespectful. It's selfish. You sit where your sign seat is, period. You don't question it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what's lovely about the direction I think we're going is, no, I mean, we're talking about something that's really significant to this kid. Mm -hmm. You know, seating doesn't have to be a big deal. Like let them sit where they want to sit and them knowing what they need. And again, advocating for themselves. Right. There is a, a patient right now we're gearing up for middle school, kind of what to say, because there are going to be different teachers and different classes. And it's right. my having fidgets is in my 504 mm-hmm. practice, practice, practice. Right. So if somebody tells her to put that away, having fidgets is in my 504. Oh, I love that. So you're helping her with the words. Yep, exactly. And, and what's lovely about that. And again, it's, what do you do? Okay. So what do you do if, um, there is a misunderstanding between a friend, you Mm -hmm. and a friend, it's like, look, you know, I was feeling this way. You were feeling that way. We weren't matching up, you know, just language around those things can be really helpful too. You know, I really care about you and I'm sorry that you felt that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes when you're having big feelings, it's hard to figure out what to say, Yeah, you know, your body is feeling this way and your brain is feeling this way. And a lot of times those big emotions, they come out in a way you don't expect them to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So being able to calm yourself, be aware and let people know what you need and maybe why you did certain things that you did, Mm -hmm. um, I think can really go a long way in friendships. Like for instance, turn-taking can be really hard. Like, oh, you know what? We're doing this project, so I'm going to do this part. You're going to do that part. Like being being really clear in what you need. And so you can say that too. Like I need to be really clear who's doing what. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we're going to write it down. Um, so really knowing yourself and what you need. Like you said, I'm writing, you said you're writing this down as we speak. I do. I have to, because it's, need. yeah, it's how I, it's how I learn. It's how I process. And we exactly. all. And so little things And you and I, before we started recording, we're saying, okay, I got to do this now or I'll forget. Right. And right. knowing right. that about myself is really, it sounds like not a big deal, but it really is. Yeah. So I can be honest with you and say, this is what's happening for me. We have to stop what we thought we were going to do until I do this one thing because I'll forget it. And it's important to me. I don't want to forget it. 
You know, and as you're saying that, I mean, there are so many layers to this, to this social, the social interactions, learning how to advocate for ourselves and teaching our kids how to self-advocate is that's a huge life skill, right? I mean, some Dude, of us don't, don't ever do learn how to do that. And we just shrink, right? Um, and But that we can teach our kids how to do that now, that also as we're self-advocating, as we're teaching them to self-advocate, we're also helping them with their self-worth because if they are, they have to be worthy to self-advocate, right? And, and and Holly, I do this all the time, but as I'm I'm listening and I'm processing, so what what um what you're saying is is bringing up all of these thoughts and ideas and connections, and that's what I do. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and letting them know, you know, what you need is important, right? You know, that doesn't make you less. That's an amazing skill that most adults don't have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love it, that. this is what I need and being able to express that. And of course, as parents, we got to back our, our kids up um, in that as well. So, yeah, yeah. So in that, that, that my next question was, how do we educate neurotypical people on how to be a better friend? We've talked about, about a lot about that. Is there anything else that you can think of that? Um, Cause you know, when I, when I wrote that question, I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to teach my neurotypical friends like okay and this is how <laughs> totally sounds selfish you know and like we you know like a taboo we don't tell people that but any other thoughts on on um on helping neurotypical people and i hate to say that too that all oh, the neurotypical people it kind of sounds like muggles <laughs> <laughs> those people those people yeah. you know um but teaching other people and, and maybe it's not necessarily neurotypical people maybe it's all people you know maybe we think about it that way teaching each other like what works my husband and i have been together for 27 years we just congratulations we, thank you long time Woo! ups and downs and ins and outs and especially the you know the past couple of years with the pandemic and teens and all of that but it took us decades to learn how to advocate for ourselves and how to communicate with each other and for me to finally be able to say you know what you have to give me little bits at a time and let me process and and then i can tell you you'll know you know but if you keep telling me all of this stuff i can't I'm going to pick up the last thing probably, and maybe the first, but that's it. Like everything in, in, in the middle is, is, uh, isn't my ring beautiful? <laughs> it's the cutoff. It's the, you know, my sister does the blank stare, mm -hmm. like just stares off into space when she's had enough, but, um, but yeah. So any, any other thoughts on teaching people without, you know, setting them down and this is, you know, this, this is how I like to be treated. Or maybe maybe it's asking other people what works for you. Oh, this works for me. That's just a thought. And how beautiful of a skill that is that you take on, like you said, forever in your workplace. Mm, you know, right. I, you know, if you go to college after what, whatever that looks like, um, your friendships, your marriage, you know, your partnerships. Um, to be able to have that kind of communication is beautiful, and I think. When you were saying friendships can be hard, mm -hmm. friendships are hard. They're hard anyway. Right. Right. But then when you add in the layers, uh, it can make it more complicated and difficult. So I say how beautiful it is that you've got one or two people that get you. 
Like that is a lovely thing. Maybe it's not a bunch of people. Maybe it's just one or two, but that's, that's amazing to be able to say, you know, I wanted to share this with you, you know, this hurt me or it didn't seem like you cared. And, but I, you know, know that may not have been the case again, like with the ring, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you asked me to call you, but then I forgot. Right. So it could be, you know, put a reminder in your phone so you don't forget because I I know you told me you needed that before. Um, so, you know, for my husband, he has ADHD. And so he'll, I'll tell him to, like, of course, we're organizing so much, um, with our own, you know, our lives, our kids' lives. Right. And, um, and so he'll go, well, if I don't put that in, my Google calendar right now, it's not, it does not exist. Right. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to stop everything right now. I'm going to stop talking, right? I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to have you do that because he's telling me what he needs. Yep. And yep. that's pretty cool. Um, now, if people don't understand and they don't care, I guess they're missing out on a cool relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And not all people are going to be matches. I'm sort of that awkward person too. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes even in social media, I'm being super vulnerable right now. Like I'll go, they went on vacation with their friends or look at this and look at all their buddies. You know, and, and sometimes it's like, Oh, I wish I had that. Right. No, I wish I could have those relationships because I'm sort of that mom where like I see the the moms gathered in the parking lot at school when I drop the kids and I'm kind of on my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's me. That that's been me throughout my life. And then parenting especially it's brings up a whole different layer. It brings up a whole different layer because not your family isn't gonna be a match for some other families. And I've definitely found that we've, we found one family that loves us for who we are. Right. Um, despite all of our, all that the Moses bring. <laughs> right. That is kind of, I, that is us too. The, here we are, the Beermans. Like yep. we are not your typical people. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're just us. And, And that's hard, but you know, how cool is that to find someone who loves you for you? You don't have to pretend around them, right? You know, this is us, this is us. And we can be a lot, you know, know, but we're we're pretty awesome. You know, right. right. right? Exactly. Yeah. We are all definitely ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely all what you see is for the most part, what you get. Um, but I love what you, what you're talking about here at, um, it was, a really important point I was just going to make, and it, it's gone. It happens, um, it happens. It happens. And it was about, um, you know, that we can teach our kids too, that some people have lots of besties, have lots of people around them. And some people don't like, I'm more of a one-on-one, like more than four people at a table for me is too much. Like I decline um, dinner invitations sometimes when there's going to be, you know, like a long table. I mean, that is just, that's almost agonizing to me where there's a, a, a big long table full of people. I almost would rather be at home, you know, or in somebody's home and somebody's porch outside, something like that restaurant, you know, it's just knowing yourself, but, and, and, and that it's okay, you know, letting your kids know that it's okay. It's okay. If you don't, if you don't, you know, like I, like I do a lot of times is I decline the dinner invitations with lots of people. Cause I just, I can't, I can't do it. 
Of course, yep. I haven't and told I, everybody that's why um, some of them, but not all of them, you know? Right. And I think that is important. And, and I actually go through this in my um, social skills course as mm -hmm. well, that you need to know how you need to know how your child typically feels in what situations with who, what kind of kid they feel comfortable with. Right. Um, right. Is it better for them to be wide open in the playground and play where they can run and what, I mean, what works best for them and setting them up for success. Right. I mean, it could be another very active kid. It could be a kid that's sort of chill mm -hmm. and that's what they need. It could be one-on-one. -on -one. It could be um, less social pressure of talking if they're in a group. So the other group people can take over. I right. mean, it doesn't have to look a certain way. You just have to figure out how it works for your child. It could be that they can tolerate um, 15 minutes of play with someone before becoming really irritated because of, you know, all these different, um, expectations for them. Maybe you start at 15 minutes and then have a reason to kind of bail out, you know, um, yeah. there's just so many great things that you can look at right. and, and how to help and, and support your child. There are definitely things that we know are better for our kids than others, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we have to be very strategic you know, right. and how we work out even going somewhere, yeah. right? It, it's a, it's a big deal. We have to figure that out. Um, I was talking to my 12 year old the other day and, um, you know, he often gravitates talking and playing with kids that are younger mm -hmm. because they are more in line socially right? Um, with him. And we were talking about that. And I'm like, you know, I think that's really cool that you're learning what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not that, why do you play with those younger kids? It, right. That's cool if that feels more comfortable to you. And you know, that's a different experience and conversation. That's interesting because my son, um, ever since he was a little guy, he always wanted to be with the adults yep. or the older kids. So as he was, and he, we, we joke and say he was, he was born 40, like he's an old soul. <laughs> But he would, but he, he still does. He wants to be with the adults. He wants to be having these conversations. You know, it's, it's, it's really interesting knowing your kid, knowing your kid. Exactly. Um, so you, um, I was perusing your site and you have this, and it's just a, just something that caught my attention. You have a, um, a getting to know you guide and you have it for, for parents so that, and, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, wouldn't it be great for me as a mom? Like, here's me and here to give out to people that I meet. <laughs> you know what? I love that. And that may sound really strange, but think about this. There, think about a dating site. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm I'm married. I'm not on dating sites, but so the, you have a profile of what you're interested in, what you're looking for in a in a relationship. They also have friendship apps. Like I'm actually on one. Oh, cool! I didn't. But know. I can't get organized okay. enough to like meet anyone. But right. you match, and so it's like I'm Holly. Um, you know, this is what I. This is me. This is what I'm looking for in a friend. Um, so it's like an, a new way to meet people, right? That's cool. Okay. Screening from the very beginning. So you're going right. to right swipe if you think you might be a match for this person, mm -hmm. left swipe if you're not, mm -hmm. and you're really cutting down on the risk. Right. Right. It's not the same as blindly going up because we'll go, hey, go say hi and introduce yourself. Oh my gosh, that's horrific. I can't imagine right. going up to a group of women and saying, I'm Holly. Hey, <laughs> you want to be my friend? Isn't you know, that funny? I know we tell our kids to do that, right? Go say exactly. Hi to that group of kids, they look to be just about your age. 
Yeah, go up to them and, and, and you should have no problem right. doing that, right? right? So, you know, it's not easy. And we think about, I'm already presenting things about me and what I'm looking for. So we're already seeing if we might potentially be a match before we even talk. Right, right. Like, how cool is that? I know. I love that. That, 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 that uh, I love that guide. That's brilliant. So you, so you have your parents or have your kids fill it out to give to like therapists and teachers and that kind of thing? Is that, is that yeah, how it works? Yeah, so the get to yeah. know you is a way to not only say, hey, this is this is my kid, mm -hmm. um, this is what they're great at, this is where things might be a little hard. It's a great way to do preventative strategies. And mm -hmm. what I right. love about it, it is a one page snapshot. Right. It is not this long. Teachers don't have time for that. No, they don't. People don't right. have time for that. Mm -hmm. So you can fill it out um, and have a snapshot of your child. And that can go to your your kids' coaches. Mm -hmm. um, it could go to maybe there's a play date. Mm. And you provide that to the other parent. It is to teachers. I mean, you can use it in a million different ways to help support that child. Like, this is a great way to start a conversation with my child. This is right. what they're into in one simple sheet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to grab easy. that. <laughs> I'm definitely going to grab that because super that's, easy. Yep. Yeah, that's a great idea, Holly. And this has been an amazing conversation and really helpful. So this this uh, the the show is ADHD moms, right? So we have ADHD. We're trying to navigate and help our kids navigate life with ADHD as well. Um, so all of these things that we talked about today are helpful for our kids, but they're also helpful helpful for us, so that we don't feel like freaks. You know, I mean, I really there were periods of time like, what is wrong with me? Why well, I like friends are dropping off like flies <laughs> you know i mean it's easy to think but but now that i now that i'm in these in these uh facebook groups with other moms with adhd i'm like oh of no course, wonder right no, no wonder. wonder it makes sense yeah. so um so holly can you for, first of all is there one thing that um that the moms can do right now to help uh, to help their kids one simple little thing one one little tip you know what's interesting is it, this may not be what people are expecting mm -hmm. but maybe it's what they need to hear is forgive yourself mm, that's beautiful and yeah we are so hard on ourselves as parents and this is not typical parenting yeah. i mean it is not no mm -mm. and be kind and forgive yourself because that can put you in a much better state of mind to support your brain and your body, but also your child. Yeah. Right. And, you know, things don't have to look a certain way. Um, and like I said, just be gentle. Mm -hmm. I think that would probably be, you know, my number one. Oh, that's number beautiful. one thing to think about for, for parents. Right. I love that. Perfect. So Holly, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible? So that's every day. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I, I know we were talking earlier. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, that is. I mean, and I, I wish I was exaggerating mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm not. I am not exaggerating. So um, my children have some pretty significant needs. Yeah. 
Um, I have, you know, needs as well, like with my health and, and everything. And, you know, there's, there are things that happen really every single day Mm -hmm. that in the moment sometimes feel impossible. Yeah. I mean, I can give examples almost every day where I might feel this is impossible in the moment. Right. And I can't get through this, but, you know, I always say too, like, what is your track record, Holly, of getting through this? It's a hundred percent. I love that. I you know, love that, it's, right? It's, we're still making it work. We are still learning. We always want to get better, but we're not perfect. And almost like accepting that, right? It's, yeah. you know, this will feel impossible sometimes. And maybe a lot of times, like in my situation and mm-hmm. my kid's situation, but you will get through it and you are going to love them. You got to love yourself right? and recognize that, you know, it won't be perfect. It won't be a certain way, but do the best that you can. And if you can't do the best you can in that moment, then forgive yourself. Right. Right. That's perfect. And we, we were talking earlier about forgiving yourself and knowing that you have and the next moment we talked about not day to day, not, not, not tomorrow's a new day. The next moment is the next moment, right? We're taking moment by moment by moment and, and bring yourself back up forgiving yourself and keep moving forward. And I think being honest about that, my mom had mentioned, um, they, they live in another town and said, you know, when are, what are your summer plans? What, when are you coming? And I went, I live in, in five minute increments. Right. (laughs) And you know, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. That is okay. Well, what do you mean? You don't know what you're going to do. I'm telling you that I live in five minute increments and sometimes it's 30 second increments because I need to literally get past that next moment Mm -hmm. to make sure uh, you know, they're okay and I'm okay. And what direction are we headed to? Right. And I think, and I love, I love the title of this podcast, like the vision mm, yeah. driven mom, because I am very much attached that to values. Yeah. That's and exactly it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking about our values and what is a value to you? Well, I have, my kids are, are extremely important to me mm-hmm. and I, want to do the best I can, but also know that I'm not perfect. And I know, I know the best I can is sometimes showing them my imperfections. Right. Yeah. Right. And I shared with you earlier when my 17 year old was screaming at me the other day and he's like, you are not a perfect parent. (laughs) You know what? I am not a hundred percent. I am not right. I will never be perfect. And that's okay. I'm, I'm just really doing the best that I can. Um, and then like you were saying before, kind of like repairing, you know, when, when you can, but again, repair with yourself, yeah. not just another person, but you know, you can beat yourself up. Like I should have done this. I feel bad about this. I'm a terrible parent. You may even be hearing that from random strangers in the grocery store. I mean, it's a lot right. for parents to take on and it may feel impossible in that moment. Um, but you will get through it. And I hope that you are kind to yourself in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Holly, that was beautifully said. And I love that. You know what, Holly, you have had a hundred percent success rate and making it through the difficult moments, like moment by moment by moment. 
This has been amazing, Holly. I um I think we need to go to like the museum and go for a walk one day. Oh Holly, my goodness! Holly yes. and I live in the same town, so super excited about this new friendship. And this has been an amazing, um, amazing conversation. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Yes, definitely. So I do have a private practice in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and my website is crossvinecounseling.com. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's we are actually a niche practice and only support those uh children, adolescents, and adults who are neurodiverse. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. that's that's our specialty. Right. Um, and then also I have hollyblancmoses.com is my education site right. where okay. you'll find the podcast, the Autism ADHD podcast, Autism ADHD TV on YouTube. Um, also, I have got a lot of free information. I have a social yes. skills guide that you can get, a behavior detective guide. Like getting to know you guide. Getting to know you guide. <laughs> I'm all about giving great free information because I'm that parent too. Yeah. And right. I always think about like, what would I need? Right. What could be really helpful to me and when I'm creating this content? Um, so I'm always thinking about that as well. I've got great information for therapists, mm -hmm. um, educators, and parents. I've got a great Facebook group um, that has so many supportive and lovely parents. Nice. And then also a, a group a facebook group for professionals as well but i did want to give an offer to your your lovely listeners um i do have a social skills improving social skills course online mm, course right easily digestible for those parents who have adhd um really clear and it's two parts actually it's one part how to help with social skills at home in the community mm. and the next part is how to help your child um navigate socially in school oh beautiful and, um so it's it's a really cool course right and um it's regularly 197 a lot of work went into this course um but i would like to offer a coupon for your listeners for 50 percent off so they oh that's very generous off. thank you yeah and and i'm a big fan of your podcast so i'm i'm happy to do it and so the coupon code will be vision okay um, well perfect Perfect. Yeah, and okay. so that'll be available until June 30th, uh, 2022, um, depending on when you're listening. So if you do have a child with ADHD who is between the ages of four and 11 or 12, it can be really helpful for you where I walk the parent through exactly how to help their child socially. And it can be a really big game changer. Yeah, yeah. Holly, that is incredibly generous. Thank you for thank you for offering that. Definitely check out um, Holly's podcast. She's amazing. And I really do. I love I told you I was I was um, binging on your podcast the other day. I'm, I'm these days I'm driving back and forth to Cary, um, which is the next town over, but um, spending lots of time in my car listening to podcasts. So binging on on uh, on Holly's podcast. And um, I love how you give little bite size, like the four things or that, you know, like really simple steps that we can take. Um, and as well as your guests, it's, a, it's an amazing podcast. You're going to love it. And um, definitely check out, um, check out the podcast, 
definitely, definitely check out that course because that sounds really amazing. And Holly, again, thank you so much for the time and sharing your brilliance with our audience. And I'm looking forward to going for a walk one of these days. I love it. And we can be awkward together. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Holly, it's been great. Thanks so much. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.